listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 16th of January 2023. We've got an extended interview with George Baburis, the Head of Research from K2 Asset Management, on a day where it seems there's a bit of discussion about a potential float of Virgin Australia talk about that in a few more details. The Australian share market also started the week on the right foot, up 0.8%, 7,388.2 on the ASX 200. But the story of the day is the Australian dollar cracking through 70 US cents for the first time since August 2022. Why? I asked that very question to George. Yeah, it's a strong start for the Aussie dollar and, to be fair, commodity trading currencies in general. What markets are looking for is they're seeing the slowdown and the confirmation of global growth slowing down in calendar 23. They're buying it on the recovery on that. With China coming back online, contributing to global growth, it's not very linear. It is a bit messy. But in the main, they can see the recovery profile and the recessionary scenario could have been worse is behind us. And therefore, commodity currencies like Australia, Uh, Canadian, Indonesian rupee, South African rand, Norwegian krona. In general, commodity currencies benefit when there's more certainty and the downside risks are behind us. Uh, What kind of implications does that have then for the economy and for investors? Yeah, so basically, obviously, if you're buying capital equipment from overseas for those businesses, it's a better price point. Uh, For a lot of retailers who need to improve and increase their inventory as well, it obviously is a better price point and helps them at the margins in general. And of course, for Australians who travel overseas, and those, if I may say, going to the Greek islands in June this year, it'll be a cheaper holiday than uh, last year. Um, Some of the reasons behind the, the strength of our currency, is that also one of the reasons why our share market's doing quite well? Yeah, in part. So last year, our share market while it was weaker, it was relatively protected because of commodities, iron ore, uh, bulk commodities of metals and energy, like LNG in particular, and they're good buffers for the economy. So again, global growth downgrades won't be as bad. Uh, There's a better upside to iron ore, coking coal, LNG, which is a key transition fuel uh, for many decades to meet our 2030, 2040, 2050 targets and obviously agricultural products in general. So our commodity currency is a beneficiary uh, of, uh, of global growth profile, not being as bad as people thought uh, three, four months ago. So last week we spoke about um, the US inflation profile, where inflation seems to be easing at a faster pace than what some, um, some had expected. The other thing impacting the markets, as you mentioned, is China and its reopening. What's your take on how the Chinese recovery is going to impact global growth? Yeah, so first and foremost, the China reopening is going to be very messy. It's, it's, it's not going to be quite linear and there'll be um, stimulus coming from the government, lower interest rates to stimulate and dealing with their housing bubble at the, at the moment that they're, that, that's a bit of a headwind. But the, the point to reinforce here is that China will be contributing to global growth more than we thought when the economy was closed down last year and that is a positive going forward and that contribution to global growth means that we'll with a high degree of certainty globally, not get a negative print on GDP. And that's a positive for earnings globally versus where we were pricing those, say, three, four months ago. So China opening is positive. It's good for European equities. It's good for Australian equities, Australian economy. Southeast Asia is a beneficiary of it. Um, And it's a positive for, again, reinforcing this point, for calendar 2023, the IMF 
there'll be a contribution to global growth because China reopening so quickly uh, from December last year. So that's um, external factors that could potentially impact Australia. What about internally? Because on the share market today, for example, we saw a couple of companies post record half-year sales, the likes of Super Retail Group and Polynovo. Yet on the flip side, Baby Bunting um, didn't do so well, a slide there. So how do you see the Australian um, corporate world uh, performing in a, in a post-pandemic environment? Yeah, good question. Very uneven. It's company by company. Earning specific is the driver for this calendar 2023. For example, Polynova had a bit of a correction on the downside last year, got some FDA approvals, and it's got some positivity going into this new year. Uh, Super Retail is quite unique. Obviously, it had some weakness last year recovering from that, but Baby Bunting reporting some profit guidance. So it's company by company specific. Uh, there'll be the challenges. And remember, high interest rates from the RBA and a couple of more to come. It's going to be a bit of a headwind for domestic demand. So there's unevenness out there and some retailers will be the beneficiaries of it and some will be uh, will have to have a bit of a cost from it. And high interest rates is going to be, again, a headwind for consumer, consumer discretionary in general. But that's the pathway. Taking a step back, the commodity exporters, energy exporters, are the biggest contributors to uh, to the index, and that is still a positive sort of tailwind uh, for the rest of this year. Uh, speaking of earnings, the big ones really is coming out of the uh, the US. Corporate reporting season commenced uh, at the very end of last week. The banks, first of all, what's being viewed? Firstly, the quarterly reporting is always important. This quarterly reporting is very important because interest rates are so high in the US. Uh, there's some positives very quickly that uh, inflation inputs are lowering. Therefore, the Federal Reserve doesn't have to raise rates as much as people thought four or five months ago, but nevertheless, they're going higher. So we're looking at these bank reports coming from the US on the cost side, what's happening to their margins and what's happening to some of them. They have retail banking operations, what's happening to their impairments. And in general, uh, they're, they're a good set of numbers on balance cost controls, margin protection, given the interest rates in the US are so much higher today than where they were a year ago. So early signs from US financials is positive, and that's a positive sentiment going right across the market in general. And just a quick one, I'm not sure if you've been following the story, but um, I did speak to the team at Bain Capital today, which did confirm that they're seeking advice. They're not saying they're going to list, but they're seeking advice on a potential listing of Virgin Australia. Um, how, would, how, how would a potential IPO be perceived? Yeah, for retail investors, they're still quite burnt from those retail bonds and obviously the, the listing uh, going into the pandemic with Virgin. Uh, having said all of that, Qantas is making some very good profit uh, with obviously being part of an oligopoly, but the dominant partner in that. So there is a good earnings momentum story to say that there's an opportunity to relist the biggest competitor to Qantas. But there will be some negativity from retail shareholders in general. Uh, but those earnings have really recovered quite strongly. But uh, that's what private equity and investment bankers have got to do. They've got to find the opportunity and obviously they, they get paid on the fee side. But there will be some, again, to repeat the point, there'll be some people that are still burnt from the um, those retail bond issuance uh, defaulting uh, going into the pandemic and also the previous listed entity. But there's always an opportunity and there are future earnings so some people will try and price and uh, get relisted out there uh, for potential investors. George Babura is there from K2 Asset Management. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. 
The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.